the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I know a place where we can go to lay the troubles down eating your soul. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. Now, your host, Eric Cartier, Senior Pastor of Rocky Mountain Calvary Church. Like a tide, it is rising up deep inside a current that moves and makes it come alive. Welcome to Crosswalk Colorado Springs. Thanks so much for joining me, for listening. Really excited about today's show. Have some partners in ministry and good friends, Rob and Jenna Crenshaw. Uh, Rob just came on our pastoral uh, staff to oversee marriage and family, pastoral care. And Jenna is our women's uh, director. So it's great you guys are a partner, a married couple, uh, serving the Lord together. Thanks for making time to come in. Uh, How are you guys doing today? We're doing well. Thank you so much for uh, having us here. We're looking forward to to sharing. Yeah, thank you so much, Pastor Eric. It's great, great to have you guys. So, well, you guys have a really awesome story of God's redemption in your life, of God being able to just restore and, and rebuild. And I love, love, love your guys' story. So thankful for you guys to be able to come and share. So, so let's rewind to how you guys met as a couple. It's really fun because. We both had a, a mutual friend, uh, and this friend was actually one of my camp counselors when I was in junior high, but she's only a few years older, and uh, throughout high school, uh, we became friends, and then uh, throughout college, and then uh, she was involved in uh, community, community theater, and so was Jenna at the time, and so they became friends through that, and uh Jenna went over to her uh, place uh, one time during uh, their production and actually saw my picture, and I think she made a comment or something. And so our friend said, well, hey, I could probably get you guys connected. So uh, they were doing uh, The Sound of Music. and okay. classic. Classic <laughs> music. And uh, uh, I showed up to the last uh, uh, performance of it, and it was standing room only. And uh, then... Uh, I met Jen afterwards, and they invited me to the cast party afterwards, um, and then we exchanged numbers, and that's how we first met. And the part that he didn't mention is at that time, I was a senior in high school. I was going into my senior year of high school, and okay. Rob was going to be a third year, so a junior in college. Okay. So again, seeing that cute boy picture in the friend's house. Um, you know, there's those dreamy eyes of a girl looking at an older guy and, and being hopeful or hoping mm-hmm. he would notice her. So, yeah. Okay. That's awesome. So, so you guys started dating and then kind of, how did the story develop from there? Well, uh, I was going to college, uh, out of state actually. And, uh, so that was during the summer. And, and when I went back, we kept communication, uh, via phone and, and our homecoming dance uh, came up and so i decided to invite her down 
uh, to go to the dance, and uh, our mutual friend decided to come uh, with her, and they convinced Jenna's mom that nothing would go wrong uh, with them uh, coming down and uh, spending the weekend there um, at, at our dance. And uh, so she came down, she got permission to come down, and um, and then shortly after that, uh, she gives me a phone call uh, and says, hey, Rob, uh, I'm pregnant, uh, okay. and the baby's yours. Wow. Wow. So quite the surprise, for sure. Very much a surprise, and the, the timing of that was really short, too. So our, our dating was a very fast friendship, and... Um, and really was only about three months long okay. uh, before yeah. that happened. So it was a very quick meet, quick interest, yeah. um, and definitely n- not looking at anything from a godly perspective whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. So tough decisions then, mm-hmm. you know, like what, I know it was a, a long time ago, but you probably remember the thoughts, the emotions, you know, what, were you contemplating possibly an abortion? You know, just t- take me back to, all you guys were going through at that time. Yes. Well, I was raised in the church, but I was not a believer. Uh, and I knew c- kind of God's pres- position on life. And I knew a little bit about abortion. And it was one of those things where I said that was something I would never do. Uh, and then when I found myself in that situation, it literally is the first thing that crossed my mind. Hmm. It's so fast how our my fear and the unknown and uncertainty and the relationship wasn't necessarily anything stable or even really real either. Um, and I, I definitely thought that I, I, I went to a Planned Parenthood. I, um, you know, just to get a pregnancy test. That's the only name of a place I knew I could right. go um, and was very scared. And I, I only told one friend. I told one friend in high school and... And it's just incredible how even in, even through a sinful situation and even, uh, you know, when I was so uncertain of what I was going to do and not following God, not really having anything to do with him other than don't let this happen to me, God. Um, he was with me the whole time and he had his eye on me, on Rob, mm. on the life of our child. And it was very interesting to me that that week i was in a i went to a private school and we i had a morality class okay so i was 18 years old wow found out i was pregnant and sitting in a morality class wow it was pretty intense that that week was very intense and our teacher says so that today guys we're gonna watch a video of an abortion and i remember looking over my shoulder at my one friend because she was in that class with me and just thinking oh my god goodness, how is this happening right now? Yeah. And so God knew I needed to see that. And Mm. he put it right in front of me um, where I could watch what I was thinking, what Mm. I was considering and see it firsthand. And I know that's a pretty intense way sometimes for people to learn about abortion. um, But it it can also be an important factor to understand the truth of what happens in abortion. So I saw that and I knew that moment forward, I was not going to do that. I was going to have that baby. One of the things that she was also facing at the time was she had already been accepted to the college she wanted to go to. So she had everything set up as far as her immediate future. And so that's one of the, you know, the things that she had to weigh in, in that decision uh, going forward. 
Now, that was really God's hand to have you in that class and as difficult as it was to be exposed to the reality of abortion. So, so you chose to have the baby. So I chose to have the baby. And so it was early in the year, which meant that I was going to go through high school and be a, a, a pregnant teenage high school student um, and all the things that can go along with that. But I was committed to graduating. I was committed to um, staying involved and, and being a part of my, my school still. And, um, and one of the things that came with that was that I had to, um, they, they wanted me to go to counseling. And so they, the school actually set me up with going to counseling um, and being a rebellious teenager, being told to do something. I went there with just, just stomping my feet and arms crossed and very angry and um, didn't like being told what to do. But it was the rule that I had to follow to be able to stay a part of what I was a part of. And, and I remember after that, um, that was when I had searched something for myself to be able to go to counseling at a different location. And, and um, I found a pregnancy center in town. Wow. Okay. Wow. A lot of God's interventions. Yeah. So much. He was so there the whole time, regardless of what, what I was thinking about him. Yeah. That, that's really powerful. I really appreciate you guys uh, sharing your story, being willing. I know there's a lot more uh, to come in, in just a moment. We're going to, uh, head to uh, a break. And I, I hope that everybody's listening as you hear Rob and Jen's story is God's heart of redemption. You know, as we've kind of got mm-hmm. this, just this first snapshot, you know, young couple, unexpected pregnancy, and you guys choose to to, to have the baby. God, God intervened. But I know there's challenges uh, ahead that we'll get to uh, after the break. I just want to remind uh, the listeners that Today's show does turn into a podcast. If you go to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs, anywhere that you find your podcasts, uh, you'll be able to to find us there. And we're on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays from uh, 5 uh, to 6, right here on 100.7 The Word. Again, Rob and Jenna Crenshaw are with me. We have the joy of doing ministry together. Uh, Rob is on our pastoral staff and oversees marriage and family. And Jenna is over our women's ministry and is our women's ministry director. So stay with us. A lot of their story to come in just a moment. Crosswalk, Colorado Springs on 100.7. The Word. Welcome back to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. This is Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. Rob and Jenna Crenshaw are with me from Rocky Mountain Calvary, just sharing their story of God's redemption in their marriage. So where we left off, a young couple, unexpected pregnancy and, and dating, you guys choose to have the baby. Uh, what then? What, you, what, what happened in your guys' relationship kind of from that point forward? So... After our son was born in the summer, so I had graduated high school and Rob was home for the summer from college and um, we were really trying to be friends with each other. And that was the key word with it all. Rob was there for the birth of our son and we were doing things together. But for him, he kept telling me, I just want to be friends, but I want to be there to be a parent to our son and, and be parents together. Um, but because of the situation, I was really still hoping that he would want a, a bigger relationship than that, than just friends who have a kid together. Um, and I kept hoping that he was going to, I thought that my works, my actions, my parenting, my whatever was going to 
show him somehow that I was this girl he was supposed to marry and want to have a life with. And he was just telling me, I just want to be friends. So that's kind of how we went through this that summer before he went back to college. Yeah, growing up in the church, I'd seen a lot of households where uh, couples got together and married because they had a kid um, before being married. And uh, the common thing I saw in many of those households was there's no love in the household. Um, and I was too young and too stupid at the time to disconnect that and you know know that that love can be developed in that relationship. I was just really black and white. If I don't, I didn't want a household where there was no love. And so that's why it was really a staunch on just being friends. I knew I can do that and could do that well. Yeah. So you guys kind of went down the friend route. Uh, and then I'm sure pretty difficult. I mean, uh, you're a single mom in a sense, trying to co-parent you're, you're both young, you know, uh, and I'm sure it got difficult and it did. It, yeah. It got real di- difficult and we did try for a while. He went back to college. I was kind of hoping he'd want me to go to college or he'd choose to stay in the town we were living in. But no, he just kept going with his life and I had to figure out mine. Uh, and about a year went by. We celebrated our son's first birthday together and it was still the same conversation. We're friends, whatever. Um, it was at that point I, I really realized that he was serious when he was saying that. And he Mm -hmm. had no other intention. There was nothing I could do. And my only reaction or response that I could understand myself was anger. Mm. And my anger had to lash out on him. And I had to do whatever I could to make his life miserable and to take away from him what he wanted. And so my goal then actually became uh, focused on being in any relationship as a single mom with a child that someone would want me that someone would want to be in a relationship and marry me, even if it wasn't him and at whatever cost. Hmm. Yeah. And so, and so that's where it went. Yeah. 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 Yeah, So I, and, and we just got angry at each other. I was mean to him. We were horrible to each other really for a long time. Um, And I ultimately did get married. um, It was about another year later, short relationship. And um, I remember uh, when I got engaged, I, I worked for my dad and he would, Rob would come to pick up our son for his parenting visits at the office and where my dad worked. And he came in one time and I was engaged to somebody else and um, just trying to prove to myself really and the world around me that I wasn't messing up my life and that I was okay and yeah. I was worthy. And, and I remember showing him my engagement ring like, See, look, look what I have in my life. Look what you're missing out on, yeah. buddy. <laughs> right. um, and I remember holding out that ring and he just looked at me like, okay, well, good luck with that. And mm. in my heart, I wanted him to say, Jenna, don't do it. Yeah. Jenna, stop. Yeah. And he didn't, he didn't say anything. Right. And looking back, that was definitely a moment where the Holy Spirit was talking to me and I totally ignored it because mm. I wanted to say that. I was, it was like a prompting to say that. And, you know, who was I to say that at that moment Mm. uh, kind of thing. And, uh, you know, so looking back, we've talked about that many times of, you know, what if we had, you know, gone down that road. Um, But yeah, that was definitely a place where God was still trying to intervene in our life. um, And yet we were still doing our own thing. Yeah. And for both of you at this point, like, 
where was Christ? You know, were you still journeying with Christ or drifting away? You know, where where would you say you you were out with the Lord through through this season? Yeah, for me, um, before this season has started, I I had gotten to the point of you know I'm good, God. You know, you can go save the people that need it. You know, I came from a good home. I grew up in the church, and you know, I felt I was good. I knew I was going to heaven, and so I just started living life for myself. Uh, so it, in all my decisions, it was about myself as self-focused, um, which you can see in, you know, and how I decided to want to just be friends, how I, you know, went back to college even during our son's first year, uh, you know, and all these decisions that I made was very self-focused. And for me, even though I, I knew God, I still was not a believer at this point. I would maybe cry out to him for help when things were bad, but it was really so that he would give me the control of my life that I wanted. And where I could see I didn't have that control, I just forced the hand to make things happen. And so, yeah, I had no God thinking in my decisions. I was making decisions out of anger and bitterness um, and really purposed in my heart that I wanted Rob to hurt. And so after I got married um, in my first marriage, we moved away. We moved four states away a month after I was married. uh, And it was really horrible how I did it all and we moved and came back and saw Rob for something and I gave him a note with my new address and said here's where you can come visit your son if you want to Mm. it in looking back it's horrifying to think Mm. that that's what I did Mm. like it's we never make our best decisions when we're angry or we're afraid and we're operating in our own strength and really truly when you involve kids and relationships and and all these other things we can do in our own strength, really horrible things to people. Yeah. Um, and it's nothing I can undo, but the grace of God in his, in my life. So, and that just kicked, started a whole battle, a court battle, arguments, yelling. Uh, our son still remembers us yelling over the phone at each other. Uh, and that happened for years. Uh, and finally it got to the point where it was just silence between us. Uh, if I called to talk to my son and she answered the phone, it was just, hey, is Colby there? And that was it. There was no, yeah, just hold on, or hey, how's the go- your day going, or whatever, or not right. even, you know, hey, how's Colby doing? It was just as as minimal as, as possible. Uh, so it got to the point, yeah, silence between us and no conversation whatsoever. Okay. So I'm sure a lot of listeners are like, you guys are married now. Yeah. So how did this happen? <laughs> how did it go from this state, you know, where it's, it's broken uh, to the point where God brought you guys back together? Well, it really starts with uh, my life in what I had made for myself coming to a complete crumbling end. And everything that I thought was valuable, important, and important was taken from me. Uh, and I... I would say I was left with nothing. You'd say I have nothing left. And, and that's how I felt inside. I, I lost friends. Um, there was job situations in, in, in my old life, so to speak, um, that were gone. Church we couldn't go to anymore. It was just a really big mess. And it was in that mess that, that God just kept prompting me to come to church and to come to a different church that I had been invited to a number of times. And that happened to be a Calvary Chapel down in Albuquerque. Hmm. Um, and and I became a believer immediately. So um, mm. God was working on my heart and it's just like that 
flood. I always think of that scene in Finding Nemo when Dory figures it all out and she knows who Nemo is and she knows who the father is and all the things are flashing before her eyes. And and that's kind of how I felt in, in my life with what it had been and what I wanted it to be with the Lord. Wow. God came through and intervened and so I'm excited to hear more. We're going to head to a break. Uh, stay with me on 100.7 The Word. Rob and Jenna Crenshaw are with me. We're going to be right back. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs on 100.7 The Word. Welcome back to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs talking about God's redemption in marriage. I love Rob and Jenna's story of God uh, redeeming. And so we left off where, uh, Jenna, you just come to know the Lord at Calvary of Albuquerque. So we'll, we'll pick up there. Awesome. Yeah. So God was just, everything was quick then at that point in my life with the Lord and uh, where I was uh, physically too, as far as living in Albuquerque, uh, I think we were there about six months and then um, God allowed us to move to the Los Angeles area to pursue um, some acting dreams and some things that I had in my life then at that time. And, and uh, so I'm going to kind of fast forward for the sake of the story, but I continued to pursue the Lord. I continued to learn about God. I was attending church. We went to a small Calvary chapel in the town that I lived in, in Thousand Oaks, California. And um, I ended up working at a pregnancy center out there um, and was an office assistant, but ended up getting involved in their abstinence education. And so I did a lot of training in in high schools and junior highs and um, teaching parents and students and, and all these things and, and really pursuing the Lord and, and my relationship in my first marriage, which is a whole nother story. um, But it was complicated and difficult the entire time. And so God was still in that and with me, uh, in it all, and I had another son uh, w- in that marriage. Um, and when I had him, I really had this heart to be home with him. So that was where I got more able to work with the pregnancy center and have different schedule, which was great. And um, I'm still at this point not talking to Rob and not caring about what's going on in his life. And um, and it was through some of the the traumatic things and dramatic things in my life through a divorce situation. Um, where I ended up, um, talking to Rob a little bit, but, um, it was because I started talking about forgiveness that that was really the, the catalyst. I remember standing in a classroom talking, I can remember the classroom, the teacher Mm. and being in there and we would get to talk about what agape love is or eros love, what is physical, you know, love versus God's unconditional love, but speaking from just the perspective of what do you see in a relationship? What does it look like? Or what is it not supposed to look like? And the kids would say things on their own and they would always say, love is forgiving. Hmm. And I remember one particular time, my own heart being pierced and God saying to me, and you need to one, forgive, and you need to ask forgiveness of Rob. You need wow. to say sorry. Yeah, And th- it, it just was such an incredible moment and i remember going home and i wrote him an email and we still have a copy of these emails it's kind of fun but i sent him this email just saying i'm sorry for what i didn't know i'm sorry i took it out all on you i'm sorry i can't give you back everything that i took from you Mm. but i do want you to have a relationship with your son 
I want you to know him. I want him to know you. I want that to build. I don't want to be in the way. And I just knew in my heart that I wanted to trust God with what he wanted to do that and stay out of God's way. Mm, That's powerful. Yeah. What was that like for you, Rob, on the receiving end of that email? Yeah, it was uh, was very good because um, even though I'd still, I'm still not walking with the Lord at this time. Um, I'd gotten into uh, like new age and, and Buddhist type thing, which forgiveness is still a big aspect. So I was willing to jump on, on that and agree to be friends again. We were back to friend status and, you know, with our son just entering high school, uh, you know, it was, it was good that, you know, if I came down to visit and he had a baseball game or when he graduated, then we would be able to be in the same room together for him. And so is the agreement of being able to be friends with each other so that our son wouldn't be, you know, feel awkward yeah. uh, in, in our presence at that time. So how many years had it been since you had seen your son, Rob? About, uh, is 15, he's almost 15 at that time. And I'd seen him just a handful of times, uh, you know, through visitations yeah. and those kind of things. So it had been quite a while. Yeah. And then this is where God, over time, started to bring you two back together as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which, in knowing your story, you weren't really planning on. Not no. at all. Yeah. No, never in a million years would I have thought to be back together with Rob or in a relationship. And, and I remember very clearly, because at this time, I'm now a single mom yeah. with two children, one in high school and one who was about five or six years old. And they are my focus, mm-hmm. you know, and... Um, a couple of people did kind of bring up with Rob, he ended up moving to California. That was kind of a big piece of the whole story. Um, but it was not because of me or us. There was no thing. It was a very genuine, he, he was called by God to come and be with our son. And my heart had been softened to let them have that relationship and to not be in the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how God worked in that is, you know, uh, as I uh, had made a call. Actually, I had sent a text to Jenna on a, on a Mother's Day uh, because we were friends. And so I was saying, you know, Happy Mother's Day. And then our son reached out to me in a joking way saying Happy Mother's Day. And uh, he was making breakfast in bed for her. And he said he'd like to make breakfast in bed for me on Father's Day, uh, which I've never had him on Father's Day. And that instant right there, I, I knew I had to move to California. Hmm. And that was one of two things I said I would never do. I would never move to California, but at that moment... There's good reason for that. Yes, there is. <laughs> and, uh, and so um, I made my plans to, uh, to move, uh, which uh, was about an eight-month period of, of time of you know, saving and planning and all this. Um, but God was in it, and uh, he shortened that time just to a few months. And during that time, uh, it, I was a personal trainer, and God had brought in uh, a lot of believers into my life, uh, which I could converse with um, at the time. But in my going away party, I got a lot of books on tapes uh, for driving down to California. I was in Wisconsin this time, and they they were all uh, Christian uh, books. And so me moving to California was me coming back to my son uh, but it was also God bringing me back to him Wow! Amen. and uh, used my son uh, to bring me back to the Lord in, in a huge way, mm-hmm. uh, even with me fighting against it when I first got there. Wow. So you had grown up in a Christian family, 
but had walked away from the Lord, mm-hmm. and it was really getting reintroduced with your son that brought you back to, to God. Totally. Yeah. yeah. That's really powerful. Yeah. That's cool. So how did the kind of dating, you know, start for the second time? Like, you're, you're totally different people. You mm-hmm. know, you're, you're adults now. You know, you're, you're just completely different. And, and so walk me down that road a little bit. I think at the beginning, I was very not, I was guarded, but guarded because I knew the purpose of him coming, or at least what I thought the purpose of him coming to California was, and that was for him to have a relationship with our son, Colby. Um, And so I was wanting to protect that for him, but also to make that opportunity very available for him. So going to baseball games that were my son's and um, him spending time together with him, um, he started, Rob started coming to our church and and he was developing his own relationships. But really for me, it was like God gave me an opportunity to give back what I had stolen. And I really, truly could tell him that I wanted him to know all about Kobe's baseball life. And I wanted to share those things. And we did kind of start talking about some things of the past, but it was never really relationship geared. But then there seemed to be a time about six weeks in where we both started noticing something different. Hmm. And you know, I would catch an eye of something, he would catch an eye of something, and we would make plans. We we made plans to go out to a, a dinner, actually at a nice restaurant, but we were paying for our own meals, <laughs> but we were only going to talk about our son, and yeah. that was the purpose of it. So, it, yeah. We dressed up and everything. Yeah, there was, <laughs> it was not a date, though. <laughs> but yeah, it and part of her protection uh, of her son was, you know, for me to see him, I had to come over to their place, um, and so, in which... I was fine doing because I got to spend time uh, with our son, but that also meant I was spending time with her, mm-hmm. even if it wasn't necessarily direct uh, with each other. And I'll just add, my mom lives with us also, and <laughs> so that was where I was okay with that. As a single mom of two kids inviting right. a guy into my home, my mother was there yeah. and present, and there were people around, and our whole church family knew what was happening and was on board with protecting Rob and his relationship with the son. So that was a big caution for me. I love it, guys. We're going to jump to break and we'll be right back. Stay with us. Crosswalk, Colorado Springs on 100.7. The word. Good God Almighty, I hope you'll find me. Welcome back to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. Rob and Jenna Crenshaw are with me. We have the privilege of doing ministry uh, together, talking about God's redemption in Rob and Jenna's life. When we went to the break, uh, you guys had just started reconnecting, dating much, much later in life, God bringing you uh, back uh, together. So let's, let's pick up there. How did it go from dating to marriage? Well, yeah, it uh, is one of those things that from the get-go, uh, the boundaries were set. Uh, it was a Sunday morning. I, I texted Jenna and said, hey, I'm looking forward to seeing you at church. <laughs> uh, and she goes, I think you have the wrong number. And I said, no, Jenna, this is for you. And uh, so that afternoon, uh, we were at her son's baseball game. We had dropped him off early, and it's just the two of us. And she looks at me and says, you have some explaining to do, mister. Yeah. And I said, well, I'm interested in, in pursuing a relationship. And she goes, she laid it out. Yeah, I needed him to know right where I stood on everything. And I just said, okay, I'm willing to talk. 
And we do have to talk about a lot of the old things, the old wounds. Mm. But I need you to know, number one, I'm a single mom with two boys. They Mm. are of highest priority to me. And Mm. if you're not talking about a relationship that's going to lead towards marriage, I'm fine staying friends. Number two, I work for a pregnancy center. I talked about abstinence all the time. Mm -hmm. You need to know where I am as far as all of that stuff goes. And I will not have sex before marriage. I was very straightforward about that. And number three, I said, I love Jesus. I'm at church a lot. Mm -hmm. And so if that's not okay with you, just tell me now. And that's fine. And he was on board with all those things. And so we started pursuing part of the healing process that Mm -hmm. we needed to go through. And that was where we really started opening up the wounds of the past and I thought you did this, or I thought you would have done that, or my interpretation was this. And we were able to really see, because there was no longer anger, because I had given God my anger, God had, Rob had given God his, his things, his guilt and, and pride and shame, and, and we were looking at it from a perspective of, if God is doing something, then I don't want to be in the way, and his healing is necessary for us to go forward. And so we, we even uh, met with our pastor at one time and shared what, you know, we felt and he confirmed. And, uh, and so then, uh, came around May time, uh, we actually got engaged. So this had been eight, is that eight months into it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so a- after we got engaged and we started looking at dates, she was ready to like two weeks later get married and just, you know, <laughs> just, just get her done. Uh, but as we looked at the dates, there was a Saturday in August and that, uh, just stood out to us and it was August 28th and, uh, 828, uh, Romans 828 is Hmm. a verse that just really demonstrates, you know, God using all our circumstances and Hmm. it, and it glorifies him in what he's done. And so when that Saturday, you know, was there, we're like, this, this has to be it. And so that was less than a year from the time that I moved. Wow. Uh, down to California, uh, God had uh, restored us, redeemed us, and reunited us in in an awesome way. Hmm. So let me ask, like, how's Colby in all this? You know, like, you, here, Dad hasn't been in his life, and Dad is reunited with Dad, and then Mom and Dad get married. You know, here there's this young teen, unexpected pregnancy, and now they're married. Like, what did this do in his life, you know? Well, when we were going through all of our difficult stuff in my life in California and I became a single mom for the second time, I knew as a believer then that that was a key point in both of my kids' life that if I was going to follow the Lord, they needed to see it to know that I believed that he was real and true. And so we Mm -hmm. dug in with the Lord and all of our faith grew. And there was some incredible things that happened with with that during that time. Really amazing. Yeah. And and he was very... Gracious, gracious. In mm. in my return, he could have been angry at me. He couldn't, but he embraced, like mm. physically, fell on me and hugged me the day I showed up. Wow! And it's uh, very special. Um, I do think it's funny that, that he and his best friend from the time uh, they still debate on who said first that we would get married. <laughs> so that's great. They knew. They that's, called it. That's awesome. And then God's blessed you with Monterey. Yes. You know, you're, after your marriage, God. And uh, tell us a little bit about Monterey. Uh, she is, Bitfire, is that a good word? Yeah. She, yeah. Um, she's taller than all her friends, um, but her heart is just as big. And her yeah. desire, she loves being uh, with us. She loves coming to work with us. Uh, she was so excited that when I came on staff, you know, and she 
kept coming in saying, I'm so proud of you, Dad. <laughs> she really has just brought something to our life that really would not have been without the Lord hmm. at all. And she truly is just this extra blessing, extra gift that God has given us in our life and an opportunity to do things in a way, again, redeeming the parenting that we failed in so miserably. Um, we just have had another opportunity for that type of restoration as well. That's really cool. We've got a few minutes left. What would you speak into someone who's listening where they're really at a difficult spot in their marriage or a spot in their life where it just feels dead, feels like a dead end? Um, you know, what, what kind of hope would you provide for them? Uh, I would say the first thing to do is, is to look to the Lord uh, because mm-hmm. the Lord has allowed all the decisions uh, that have been made, uh, good or bad, in, mm-hmm. in that relationship and in, the, in, in their life. And no matter what they've decided, you know, God can use that uh, for their good. And, um, you know, if they've lost hope in their marriage, you know, that, you know, it needs to, they need to take their eyes off their circumstances, off themselves, even off their spouse and, and look to the Lord and uh, be strengthened in him. And I, I would add to that and, and say that I think being patient in the process is so important too. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard in the moment to be patient when yeah. everything seems empty and broken and it does seem and feel hopeless, but our God isn't that way, but he works in, he, he's given us time and, but he uses time for our good as well um, to allow forgiveness to take place for us to seek godly counsel, for us to hear from our, our pastors, to have people in our lives to come around that are going to speak his word into us and give us opportunity to live by those things, which is what we absolutely had to do. Mm-hmm. I think what I really love about your guys' story is it's such a, clear display of the gospel. You know, we, we're all sinners and broken before our Savior, and he's able to take our sin and redeem it and build something that's beautiful. And, you know, I enjoy old vehicles, uh, and God provided an old truck, you know, that's just a piece of junk, and it still <laughs> is, but there's a beauty to a restored vehicle that, that's more beautiful than a brand new vehicle that you get off of the lot, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's all of our lives. You know, our lives have been damaged by sin, but God loves us enough Amen. to save us, forgive us and be able to rebuild us. And it is a process and we're continuing in that, that process, you know, but I hope everybody listening really hears that their life is not too far gone Amen. for God's forgiveness and his redemption and he has a way of taking the brokenness and taking the sin and really putting it back together for Romans eight twenty eight, mm-hmm. you know, for right. for his glory and and for uh, his his good. Yeah, yeah. I always say that people often mention that we have a great story or the you know the redemption part, and really going through it was horrible like the process of getting to where we are like that's the fixing the truck part yeah when it's a piece of junk and we were a piece of junk and and so truly truly looking back because god gets the glory at what he's done and our willingness to let our lives be his let Mm. him be in control of whatever it is he wants to do he always promises that he's going to do something beautiful in that that's awesome yeah Yeah. and and one time we did actually did uh, marriage mentoring we were the mentees and one of the things the the lady said was, you know, do you want a good marriage or a great marriage? Hmm. And that really struck us because we felt we had a good marriage. 
Um, now I would say we have a great marriage, hmm. but also looking forward, I know that as God is, continues to be in it, five years from now, it's going to be even greater. Yeah. Ten years from now, it's going to be even greater, yeah. and we'll yeah. continue to grow together and grow towards Him and w- with, awesome. w- with each other. Well, thanks, guys, for coming in and sharing your story. It was wonderful having you. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Yeah, thank you, Eric. You guys, have a good night. Thanks for listening. Treasures that fade are never enough. Then you came along. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.